Hello, and welcome to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Sisters, uh, first of all, before we get started, let me apologize for my voice. I've just been, I don't know, talking too much, as I'm apt to do. <laughs> no, that's not true. I've been sick. So instead of Sydney McElroy, you have Faith from Buffy joining you on the episode. <laughs> Can you say five by five? Can you? Five by five. Oh, that sounded so good. Is that good? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we uh, we actually, now I'm not talking to you sisters. I mean, I am still, but I'm also talking to the world. Uh, we were actually planning on doing our usual kind of episode this week. You know, silly team fun. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But instead... Um, we were going to, we're actually going to talk to you about like how we decorated our rooms, Mm -hmm. you know, right. uh, Taylor was going to tell us about the joys of inflatable furniture. We're going to, now we have a whole week to figure out how waterbeds, how you get them in and out of a house. Cause that was, that was a point of, of contemplation for me. (laughs) (laughs) So instead though, we thought that in light of recent events, uh, that have been happening because I'm certain, um, we're recording this over the weekend and, uh, and I'm sure that you like us have been uh, incessantly following Twitter or Facebook or probably more reputable news outlets as well uh, about the details of what's happening in Orlando. And we thought in light of that, we should talk about something a little more serious. Is that okay with you, Taylor Riley? Yeah. Fine with me. Yeah. I mean, I, and it's hard. I mean, we, we were conflicted over, you know, probably right now everybody everybody could use some goofs, but uh, this is something that certainly affects teens and adults, and this is something that has come to be more in focus in our nation, I think, as, as in Riley's lifetime. So, you know, it feels like the the thing that needs that we need to do. <laughs> and uh, and we'll be back with our usual episode next week. I'm sure talking about silly teen things and get back to the funny as usual. But it struck Taylor and I, as we were talking about this, that um, when things like this happen and you're, and you're a kid, and especially a teenager where you're old enough that not only do you know what's going on, but we expect you to know what's going on. We expect you to be well-informed. We ask you that. When you go to like your college interviews, Riley, people are going to ask you about current events and they're going to expect you to know and they're not going to be impressed if you don't. So it's not just that we recognize you're aware. We want you to be. But then at the same time, you can kind of feel powerless because what do you do with that information? And so we were thinking, like, what does that feel like for you right now, Riley, being a teenager and seeing things like this happen around you? What, how are you feeling? I mean, it's what I've grown up with pretty much, you know? I mean something like Virginia Tech happened when I was in what second grade and it's like I had to know about that because mom and dad would watch it on the news and I would sit there and watch it and teachers would talk about it at school and now it's like you know this happens and if I was in school right now we would go to school and we'd be talking about it but teachers wouldn't expect us to know about it because we've been watching the news they would expect us to know about it just because it's everywhere I mean, you open up Twitter and it's what you see. You open up Instagram, Facebook, it's what you see. So you're just, I mean, it's not even 
talked about like it's some surprise or like it's some big thing that we could have done anything about it just talked about like well yeah this happened just like it did three years ago just like it did five years ago is it now as far as like learning about these things and finding out about these things when i think about as when i was younger um you know like going back to columbine and the shooting that happened in that high school i found out about that from watching the news with mom and dad um my news my understanding of that situation was very much i don't want to say filtered through my parents because it sounds like they were keeping things from me but it was put into context by our parents they were with me while i received that information and helped me to understand it and cope with it now my suspicion is that when tragedies happen now you're not necessarily seeing that or learning about it from the same news outlet that our parents are no i mean i don't watch the regular news and find out about stuff like that by the time it happens on the regular news um i've already seen it on my phone or on you know social media somewhere heard someone talking about it at school I mean, there's stuff that dad will say, you know, did you see this happen? Did you hear about this? Did you see this person, you know, died or whatever? And yeah, I mean, I've already known about it from when it happened because the minute it happened, it was everywhere. Do you think that changes? I mean, not that, not that it's ever easy to hear about things like this or to try to understand them or to live in a world where they're happening, but do you think that I don't know, maybe it makes you feel a little more powerless or a little a little less safe than, than Taylor and I when we learned about these things with our parents sitting next to us explaining it. You know what I mean? When you're finding out about it on your own. Yeah, um, I guess. But, I mean, we're not... It's not anymore become a thing where it's like, can you believe this happened? Like, this would have never happened. This is why it happened. This is how it happened. Like, I don't I don't really need someone explaining to me, like, this is what happened because it's been happening for years. Like, it's just become a normal thing. Like, we're being taught in schools. We don't get taught tornado drills or, you know, oil or chemical spill drills like we used to. We get taught, you know, drills for when there's a shooter in the school and what to do. I mean, they explain it to us not like this is what's happening and what we can do to stop it it's this is what's happening there's nothing we can do to stop it so here's what we're going to do to try to make it so that when it happens it wouldn't be as bad as if we weren't educated about it well that's i mean and that's that's funny that you'd say that because that when we were uh kind of talking about this earlier it for some reason the memory that I, i had was uh being in elementary school and uh having there was a big storm and there was a tornado warnings and they had us all go out in the hallway and hunker down and that's the thing about about natural disasters. You don't ask why a tornado happens. You just try to react best you can to its happening. And I think that um, these this uh, gun violence has become a a, 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 a natural disaster. <laughs> it's just something we, yeah. we we don't question. We just prepare for. I, I think, unfortunately, that's that's becoming truer and truer because uh, for whatever reason. And I mean, I know that this certainly is not unique to our country, but at the same time, 
there are a lot of places similar to our country where it does not happen with this frequency. Um, we don't seem as a, as a collective of humans to be able to do anything to stop it or to make any, make any major changes that we, that are within our control to, to cut down on the number of times that we're going to have this conversation. Well, that's, I, I love that, that onion article that gets reposted every time this happens, which is the headline is something like, how could this happen as, you know, only nation where this occurs regularly or something like that. Just, Oh, ah, I don't know. I know. And I I was thinking, you know, I, I have vague memories of things that happened when I was very young and I, like my recollection of them is so vague, I think in part because I was young, but also because it was what my parents told me about it. They told me something bad happened. They told me that there were bad people, but they told me that we were okay. You were safe. And so when you're a little kid, that's how you learn about tragedy. And so unless it personally affects you or your family, it's all kind of hazy. It's all kind of vague. When you're an adult, like now, and things like this happen, I look and I'm sad and I, I feel scared and I feel helpless. And then I turn that into what can I do? How can we make a change? Who can I vote for? Who can I vote against? What can, right. Where can I donate money? You know, what, what can I do to stop this? I, I think what makes it hard when you are a teenager, and I, I feel like I felt this way when I look back at things like Columbine happening, but it's so much easier to look back in retrospect and imagine you felt this way than it is now to, you know, to be in the moment and to think about it. But you have you have enough awareness to know what's going on. But at the same time, Riley, you can't vote. No, I, mean, I, can't, I can't do anything. <laughs> well, I know, and, and and I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to like, don't don't you feel so helpless? I'm not trying to push that on you, but I feel like that would be really scary because you see that happening. And what, what can you do? Do you feel that? I mean, is that, am, am I wrong thinking that that's something that no, teenagers I mean, might No, there's feel? nothing I can do. I just have to listen to all these teachers and, you know, principals tell us that mm-hmm. this is something that, you know, it's not like your parents telling you you're safe isn't going to happen to you. It's a bunch of people you don't really know telling you, yeah, this probably could happen. And if it does happen, don't be surprised. Um, <laughs> so just listen to Jesus. what we're telling you. To, to make it so it isn't as bad as it would be if you didn't listen to us. I mean, that's the crazy thing to me. Because I remember post-Columbine, and I mean, it was it was devastating. And everybody wanted to know why, how. How could these kids have gotten this, like, down this dark of a path? Like, there was so much right. investigation, so much. It was, it was these two isolated people. Something must have been so broken for this to happen. And that... That is that 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 now it's just it, we've moved beyond that. We've just accepted that. No, this happened. Lots of people could do this. Uh, probably, you know, <laughs> chances. I just still don't understand how something like that happened so long ago, and then it keeps happening. And I mean, anyone could carry literally anything in their backpack into school, and no one would know. I mean, there's no security guard. I mean, there is, but how are they going to look at your closed, zipped backpack and know there's something in there? I mean, you could carry handguns and knives in your backpack and no one would know until you took them out and did something with them. (laughs) I mean, I don't know why there's nothing that's happened to make it so that anyone is, you know, 
there's no metal detectors there's no security guard watching when you come in i mean in middle school there was a kid who brought a handgun into school and just had it in his backpack and showed it to someone else jesus well and there are i should say there are schools where they have metal detectors and where they would search your bag and things like that um but you're right at our school there isn't i mean we've had and in the two years i've been at my high school we've had five evacuations for bomb threats and uh one kid who was had like three handguns at his house and two knives and homemade explosives and was planning on coming into school on the following monday and shooting up a bunch of his classes but they arrested him on the sunday before it happened but like he was in my first period and there's no one no one would have known if he had guns and knives and homemade explosives in his backpack because there's no way to stop it you just stop going to school <laughs> is that an option no more school school is a bad place and you know taylor that's i mean i i had that same thought when mom told me about that that happened at riley's school uh my first thought was well we got to pull riley out of school <laughs> just um bad she can't go to school and then my my second thought was well and charlie's never going to no. school well i mean i how do I send her to school? How do we live in this world and this environment? And we're Riley saying it's just going to happen. Maybe like I've been taught that, that maybe it just happens and hopefully it doesn't, but maybe it does. And that's the reality. I, I mean, it's like, it, I, you know, it, it's, it's like a, I don't know. It's like, it's like living on a fault line. You know, when you move somewhere that's on a fault line, you kind of accept that that comes with that risk that someday your whole life could just fall apart. But it's unfair. It's like kids today are, are, are born on a fault line. They don't have a choice. I mean, they are. We're all living in Tornado Alley all the time. <laughs> if you think about it, like, how many years has it been since Columbine? Like, I mean, I wasn't old enough to be aware that that happened. I mean, uh, were you born yet? When was that? I don't even know what year that no, was. It, you weren't born. So, I mean, Hold it's on, been tell you at least was. 15 years since that's happened, and it's been happening still. And the situations to improve it i mean there haven't really been any situations to improve it It just keeps getting worse so if you think about i mean by the time charlie's in school you know in high school 14 years from now 15 years from now is it going to get better like are we going to finally do something to stop it or is it just going to keep getting worse until it's like you know kids can carry in huge assault <laughs> rifles into school and no one says anything Ooh, about it right well, that's that was that was 99 by the uh, way okay. so that was the year before you so were that born. was 17 years ago and that, that's like there was a uh, some response i think it was to sandy hook that well if the teachers had had guns this wouldn't have happened just okay so we can't control who has a gun so everybody get a gun let's just, just go old west in this it's just every, every you get a gun and you get a gun uh if we all have guns, then maybe we won't shoot each other. I don't know. No, I don't think. I don't think there are any statistics that bear out that more guns. Keep us <laughs> no, I don't think so either. Safer. That was not. That was said in jest. I mean, specify. No, no. Oh, I'm with you. No, I, I agree with you. I understand. I mean, it almost like there are all those crazy conspiracy theorists online that say that all of this is faked by the government, and you just don't. Like, you, you just want to believe it, because at least it, it applies some order. It applies a crazy order to it, an absolute insane order, but at least it, it, it gives some logic to it. And I think there were even, and I mean, the reports that I'm reading now, we're, we're talking about what this, this horrible, horrible thing that's happened in Orlando. We're talking about it as we're still learning about it. So who knows, because 
you hear things and I mean, and this always happens when events like this occur, unfortunately, that you think, you know, the whole story at first and then only, only time will bear out what really has happened and what all the facts are. But I've seen people mention that there were, there were guards, there were security guards with guns. Yeah. Um, and this was one person and more than a hundred people were shot. And I, I don't know how you feel safe when that fact just, there it is, that exists. I just, I can't, I mean, I don't know that, that, that we can put our hands on guns that can shoot a hundred people that quickly. I, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're a hunter and you, you hunt with guns, it's cool, get it. I don't know when you need to take an, a, an assault rifle to a bear. I don't know. No, that's the well, And that's the thing, like, we're all from West Virginia. We grew up with, I mean, we didn't, our family was not a hunting family. And, and that's full disclosure, because I know that there are a lot of people who say, you know, if you understand guns, if they're part of your family, part of your heritage, I, I don't, I don't connect with that at all. They're not part of our family. They're not part of our personal heritage. So sure, I get that. Uh, but I, we had plenty of friends, you know, who, who went hunting, lots of people who own guns, school let out for the beginning of hunting season. That's still a reality in this state yeah. is that, it, you know, at the beginning of hunting season, kids get out of school so they can go hunt. So, like, I understand that. But these people that I know who are hunting are not taking assault rifles to go hunt deer. The goal is not to to take out an entire forest of deer in one, you know, one <laughs> swoop. Is that not how you hunt? You just, just rattle the forest with bullet. You see what dies, you eat it. Hunting. No. I'm, I'm <laughs> no, pretty sure that's not how but the, but the thing is, you know, we, we, we talk about this. Riley, you have mentioned several times that it almost doesn't shock you that this has happened. And I don't, I don't mean that to say, like, you're not, like, you're not feeling, but, like, you don't seem surprised. You seem sad. You seem, you know, but you don't seem surprised. And when I heard about this this morning, I was, I felt shock. I felt that like uncontrollable, like I started to cry because I like when you hit your head on something really hard and you just instantly burst out in tears and you don't mean to. <laughs> I had that kind of, you know what I mean? I had that kind of reaction. Like I started to cry and I felt scared. And then I, I grabbed my daughter and I held her a little closer and I looked around like something was attacking us at that moment. Like that was my like instinctual reptilian response was fear, fight or flight kind of thing. But for Riley, like, is this, this isn't shocking for you? I mean, <laughs> it's like, it's like the boy who cried wolf. It's like, we've had so many evacuations and threats at my school. It's like, no one really takes it seriously anymore. So when it does happen, I mean, at least for me, when it does happen, it's like, well, okay. I mean, it's, it's happened so many times already. I just, I don't. We've been taught so many times that people are capable of doing something this horrible when someone does something this horrible. We're not surprised that they had the ability to and they had the chance to and they had the opportunity and they had guns accessible to them. I mean, it's... <laughs> I mean... Tell, I just, tell us about the, the drills that you all do. Because I know you do... Uh, Mom, I remember told me about them because she was kind of shocked and, and a little outraged by them. The the Alice drills yeah. that you do in school. Um, creepy name, just say it. 
We yeah, the Alice drills that is. It creepy. stands for alert, lockdown, inform, something, counter, <laughs> and evacuate. Counter, counter, and evacuate. Yeah. So yeah, counter is part of. So this. basically, okay. it's like they tell us, and we've had practice drills for this, where our principals walk around with air horns. So it's like if you hear an air horn and it's far away. That's part of the informed part. It's like you call the main office and tell them, hey, we heard a gunshot, air quotes around gunshot, in our section. So tell the whole school that the shooter is in the science section. And it's like they tell us when they're in what parts of the building. And uh, it's up to our teachers to decide if they're in a far enough away part of the building where our individual classes can get out um, without being harmed and the counterpart we don't we don't practice but basically they just taught us if someone comes into your classroom you know either put up a bunch of desks in front of the door so they can't get in or one of my teachers said start throwing books at them and if we're in the science classroom <laughs> start on? picking up the chemicals and throwing the chemicals at them what chemicals what? At them? what uh today on six sad world oh my okay but yeah i mean that's what we're taught if they tell you what part of the building is the uh, shooter or intruder is what they call it but i mean you know it's a shooter because they have an air horn pretending it's a gun what part of the building he's in and then uh you know either evacuate if you think you're far enough away where you can get over our hill because i mean the school we all went to is just one entrance one exit up on this huge hill which is also a really bad idea for school when you think about it but, um, I mean, if something like that happens, they just teach you to run into the woods. Or if they're going to be so close to you, then be prepared to fight them when they come into your room. Which which shouldn't be, like you say that, and you said, which is also a really bad idea when you consider this. And and it, I thought, well, why would, it, why would it be a bad idea? Because it would never occur to me that you would have to think about multiple exits for a school. But you're right. I mean, you're right. Like, that's. That's the reality, and I'm not, I feel like I'm not old enough from you. I'm not so much older than you that that should feel like a whole new world. I mean, because it is the world we grew up in, it is. And I know these things happened in my lifetime, but that recognition, I didn't have it. It still felt like a one-off, like a, oh my gosh, this thing will remember for all time. It didn't feel like, well, that's, that's Sunday. That's the world. I mean, that's. I think that's the thing that's really um, hitting me, and 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 is is. I'm kind of getting all at once, and it makes me very sad for you, Riley. Is that you live in a different reality than we had? Like your reality is is one where this is just this is just part of what you accept about the world, and that that makes me really sad <laughs> that you would have that thought that the school is not very well designed because it didn't prepare for if it's under attack from gun violence. Like that's that's madness to me but that is your world and I am sorry and I guess I mean to put it in context there was a time before all of us where I don't even think our parents uh, yeah. are no they're not quite old enough to have gone through this Cold um, War they're probably a gen- yeah that's okay. what I was going to say the Cold War they're, they're probably a generation or so removed uh, from duck and cover from, you know, the idea that your school might be under a nuclear attack. Or, well, not your school. Oh, <laughs> your, but your, your area, your, your city. Your, yeah. 
when you do these drills, Riley, do you feel safer? Like if after you practice this and you're all like you've learned how to hide and alert people and throw books at people and then, I don't know, jump out windows or whatever they teach you to do. Do you feel like I'm ready? No, I mean, no one really takes it seriously. At least at my school, when we practice these, the teachers are like, yeah, okay, we're just going to sit in here and keep teaching with the lights off. I mean. But do you think this could happen? Like, it really, in your heart of hearts, when you think about it, is it because, and th- there's no wrong answer here, because you're fi- here's what you're fighting against. Your rational brain, which tells you the reality of the world around you, and then teenage invincibility, <laughs> which, per- which, which per- is pervasive through youth. Where you believe you'll live forever, and please, and I, this is not a criticism. Hold on to that, because when you start to lose that inkling that you're going to live forever, that is a terrifying moment in your adult life. So I am not criticizing you for that. But those two things often butt up against each other, like my brain that says, "Oh my gosh, this could happen," and then my gut says, "Yeah, but it probably won't." Like, is that is that what's happening? Do you think? What do you mean, like it? Everyone thinks that it's not why, going why to happen. Why your friends don't? Yeah, why your friends and your teachers don't take it seriously? I don't know why they don't. I mean, it's obviously you, happened enough for us to imp, like, improve our drills so that we're prepared for a shooter to come into the building. It's happened a lot, you know. We've evacuated school. We've closed down school because people have threatened to bring guns in and kill people. Like. I don't know why people don't take it seriously. I think it could happen. I wouldn't be surprised if it did. Is this something you worry about? Yeah, I mean, especially, like, if the one place we're supposed to go is the football field. When we run out of the building, it's like everyone go to the football field, and it's someone in our school who's bringing guns. It's like, okay, well, everyone's going to the football field. So that's where a huge group of people is going to be. Like, I think about, like, you know? Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm, re- I'm really sorry, Riley. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I am, we are, Taylor and I both. I am, I, I don't want to call you old, Taylor, because that seems mean, so I'll call myself I- I'm old. old. <laughs> it's all right. I feel old right now i feel real old but i feel like we're older enough than you that um we could have made this world a little safer or a little better by now i mean and i don't know that we have that's i guess that's the thing it's like i mean i don't know i don't want to that's a that's probably a messed up thing to say because it's like this because it seems like it just keeps getting scarier and it's not a matter of growing up and being more aware. It's that it actually is getting scarier. It's it's nothing. It's, it's not about the information we're, we're receiving. It's just about the actual events. And I, is this just a thing that just just spirals? I mean, what what world does Charlie have to look forward to? I don't know, but I'm I, I'm really thinking maybe home <laughs> route for us. <laughs> but even that, like, I say that. But the thing is. We encourage, I mean, I do, I, not everybody maybe, I don't know, my thought about 
having kids and having Charlie and as I watch her grow up, not yet because she's like not even two. So I don't want her going anywhere. <laughs> like she can't very well. She doesn't know how to navigate like, you know, public transit or she doesn't have any purchasing power. So, so I don't want her going anywhere right now. But <laughs> doesn't have any purchasing power. It's Charlie with a little charge card. Excuse me. But she has a piggy bank. But other than that, um, I, I think someday I will look at her and say, like, explore the world, see things, like do what I did, go to other countries and don't be afraid to go by yourself and don't be afraid to, like, get on an airplane, get on a boat, get on a train, drive. You know, I want to tell her these things, go see things, go explore and adventure. But how do you look at a kid and say that? And it's not just school. It's what's what's safe. I mean, I guess that's like a great parenting question in general. But <laughs> when things like this happens, it just, I mean, like, I understand people who are just like, nah, I'm just going to keep my kid at home forever and tell them that there's nothing outside. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to make Charlie Rapunzel? <laughs> yes. Let's just, I'm going to make Tangled, the live action movie with my daughter. Let's just pull a village. Let's get us and all like the, the other cool people we know and let's just close ourselves off, tell all our children that there's nothing beyond these walls except for monsters. Like that was a that was a good idea now that I think about it. I know, really. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna start building a bunker right now. I'm gonna Kimmy Schmidt, my daughter. <laughs> but I think I think that there's a it's a it's a it's a it's in times a very useful and, and very uh, powerful thing that we as humans can do, and that's that we adjust to the situation we're presented. We learn to accept and deal rationally, I think, with, with any sort of crazy, awful, horrible, wonderful thing that's presented to us. I think that it's a normal thing. The human brain kind of adjusts itself so it can operate normally in whatever situation it's given. I just think sometimes we have to check ourselves on what we've accepted and what we've adjusted to. Like what are there are there are there absolutely insane situations that we have 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 just brought into our reality and I, and I don't know I mean no you're exactly right because I don't want us to sit here and talk from a place of privilege right where we expect to be that nothing bad will ever happen to us because that's not true I accept that there are lots of people all over this planet in my lifetime and in your all's lifetime and in lifetimes to come who are living in much harder, scarier, riskier, more dangerous situations than we are every day. I accept and understand that. And that's the truth. And I don't ever want to sound like we deserve not to. That is not what I'm saying. No, of course. What I'm saying is that we have the power. I believe we have the power to do better than to have Riley and people of her generation sitting here saying, this is just what it is. It's just that people have access to, to weapons, weapons of mass destruction. Let's be honest. People have access to them. There is, there's no way we can stop them getting them. And there's no way we can stop them walking into places and doing whatever they want. And it, it happens all the time. And the best we can do is be really scared about it and learn how to throw books at them when they come at us. I mean, I, and then hope it's somebody else. Like that's that's we can do better. That's the thing. It's like you know, I, I I've lived in New York for what uh, ten, 10 years now, and uh, I was I was mugged once. Um, 
I don't think I've ever actually told mom that because I didn't think she'd like that. But you know what? She's going to know. Yeah, now. she's going to know. Uh, and it was late at night and I was a little drunk and I was way, way, way out in Brooklyn. I did, did absolutely everything wrong. And I'm, I'm, I'm lucky I just lost my phone and some money. Um, but uh, the thing is, is that that's me doing something, going into a, an area that's, that's doing a lot of things wrong. Going to school shouldn't be one of those risky activities. That should not be, that should not be like a high alert situation. Well, I, I agree with you. I agree with the premise of what you're saying. I would also say, though, that um, it is not your fault that someone else did something to violate your safety. Well, no, but I mean, you know, there's, like you were saying, that's what I'm saying from privilege. I should be safe anywhere. No, there there are, there are things where you're like, you know what, I, 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 you could always, you're right, you are absolutely right, but there is a reality to, to life. And I mean, that's, once again, that's, well, see, that's part of my reality is don't, don't get drunk in the middle of nowhere and assume that, you know, you can wander around at four o'clock in the morning in New York City. That's that's a accepted thing. Also, in Riley's world, <laughs> when you go to school, <laughs> okay, we're just going to just keep that bar going lower and lower humanity. We'll, we'll learn how to limbo. I don't know. No, I mean, you're right. It, it's it's unacceptable. And, you know, I mean, it's true that you should be able to get drunk and wander around Brooklyn as late as <laughs> no, you want to. Mean, okay, you're right. Maybe but. you should, but but I but you're right. There's the real world. It's like we're saying. There's the there's the real world. Your rational brain, and then what your gut tells you, in that moment. Um, but when do we like? What do we all just do? Feel scared all the time and unsafe all the time now? That doesn't seem like a great response. Riley, is there anything? Because I thought this, and luckily, Charlie's not even two, so I don't have to tell her anything or explain anything to her. She's unaware. But I think about, like, I was looking at her today, and I was thinking, what do I tell you when inevitably something like this happens when you're 12, 13, 14, 15? What do I tell you about it to try to make you understand what's happening but not just feel helplessly afraid. Is there anything that anybody could say that would help? The only thing that could help me feel safe, like going into school or something where I know there's a chance where something bad could happen is if someone does something to make it where people don't have access to guns and don't have an opportunity for one person to, shoot a hundred people like that shouldn't be a thing that happens and the only thing that will make me feel better is someone saying there's going to be someone checking every bag that comes into school there's going to be someone uh who's making it so no one has access to things that can cause this much damage i mean there's Nothing that anyone could say at this point that would make me feel better. The only thing that would make me feel safe is if someone actually did something about it. I think that's an excellent point um, for us to kind of close this discussion on, is that we talk a lot. Um, we're really good at talking about things like this. We are, as, as citizens, our politicians are really good at talking about it. Um, none of us are good enough at doing anything about it because if we were, we wouldn't be having this conversation again. Um, in the spirit of that, if you're feeling like I am, which is completely helpless right now, 
there's some some resources you can check out. There's a really great article um, specifically about this shooting that happened. Um, it's on uh, frisky the frisky dot com. Mm-hmm. And it's called How to Help the Orlando Shooting Victims, What You Can Do Right Now. Um, I've tweeted out the link. I'll tweet it out from our account as well. Um, but there are a lot of different resources if you want to do something. Um, first of all, if you live in the area, you can donate blood. Um, you can schedule those at the American Red Cross website. Uh, so, you know, you, you need to check that out. A lot of the victims were at the Orlando Regional Medical Center, and you can check out their website to offer donations if you want to. There are a lot of LGBTQ organizations that you can support uh, in light of this specific tragedy. Um, so there are a lot of donations you can make there. Um, and then in general, let's say that you feel like, I think you probably suspect Taylor and Riley and myself feel, uh, and that you think gun violence is a problem in general in this country check out everytown.org. Um, you can check out the Brady campaign, bradycampaign.org. Um, and then there's also uh, co.clickandpledge.com. Uh, this is another campaign to reduce gun violence. So again, I've been tweeting out these links. Um, we'll tweet them out from the account. Um, my, my wonderful brother-in-law, Griffin McElroy, has been tweeting out a lot of these. So his account has a lot of great advice on it today. Um, but if you feel helpless, there are things we can do because this shouldn't be just what we accept now. Exactly, uh, We can do better. And Riley, I'm sorry that we haven't already. Maybe you will. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hope so. I have a lot of faith in you. When I th- Charlie's, Charlie's depending on you guys to make a difference. And I, I mean, and, and you know, it's like, I think in our, in our lifetimes, we've seen a lot of uh, important uh, legislation go through for the LGBTQ community. And as, as great as that is, there's still... There's, there's still some, some old amendments that, uh, that, 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 that don't protect anybody. So, um, you know. Yes, exactly. There's, a, there's still a lot we can do to reduce gun violence, to help with, again, specifically to this tragedy, LGBTQ issues and rights, and to help protect that community better than we already are. Um, and it feels shallow to say that our thoughts are with families and the victims in Orlando. What? Um, I mean, because our thoughts don't mean much no. unless we do anything about it. Let's let's all let's all agree. Well, we're we're gonna at, at least with the the list of things that that you've given us that Griffin's tweeted out. Like, let's do something because that's all we can do right now. Everybody who's listening, thank you so much for listening to our show. I promise we'll be back next week with with funny silly. <laughs> Um, teen Taylor and I will reminisce about black light posters and Riley can you give us any <laughs> as to what what you teenagers do in your cool teen rooms today um, a lot a lot of John Green posters okay <laughs> okay so there you go well I promise we'll be back with funny stuff next week um, thank you for listening to our show thank you for tweeting about our show at still buff thank you for uh, please join our Facebook page uh, still buffering on Facebook and uh, thank you to maximumfun.org our, our parent network who takes good care of us and we enjoy being a part of um, and thank you to everyone listening thank you to the novellas for our theme song Baby Change Your Mind and um, please take care of each other and stay safe and love each other because it's probably the best thing we can do um, is, a, is a lot more love and that's all I got thank you guys for hanging with us we're uh, we're glad you're out there
Yeah. Um, this has been Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney Mackerel. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am a teenager. And I was, I was two. two. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.